Hello and welcome to another edition of uh, the Last Change Podcast. And I don't know what number episode it is, so that's... I think it's nine. Sure, I believe you. You don't lie. Um, And that's the voice of my co-host, Ricky. I'm Andrew. Ricky, how you doing tonight? What's up? I'm here. Did you have a good day? Yeah, I just got back from jujitsu class with my daughter. She earned her third stripe today. She's super happy. I'm very proud of her. She's awesome. She's, uh, she black belt yet? So she's black belt karate, but jujitsu oh, starts okay. starts all the way, all the way over again, and it's a little different. The, the, I mean, it's, she's been going for like six, seven months, and she just earned her third stripe. But she was really, she was really proud of herself today. She was, she was awesome. Well, I can't wait to see her uh, kick the shit out of somebody soon. Um, <laughs> you'll be called to the principal's office, my friend. I uh, listen. I tell her stand up for herself. So <laughs> good, good. Um, so yeah, uh, things are rolling or- along. The Devils are an inexplicable four and here in the preseason, and um, obviously, is it is it too soon to say that they're the best team in the history of hockey, or am I overreacting? Well, you know, and we have to preface everything by saying it's just the preseason. But I will say that this... It's real to me, damn it! This team is giving me the vibes of uh, 2017-18 when they were, like, surprisingly beating people up in the preseason. And we didn't... You know, Jesper Bratt came out of nowhere and Nico looked good. and um, So I'm trying not to get too excited, but... Because uh, we'll talk about last night's game, which was kind of brought me back down to earth a little bit, even though they won. So we'll talk about that. I've but... seen the. I, I wish I remember what what account it was, but they tweet out like um, like point projections and stuff. And they had the Devils second in the Metro with like ninety seven points. I was like, I, we might be pushing it just a little bit. Yeah, and. I also don't want those kinds of expectations because no. what'll happen, no. and I think this has happened like oh, I don't know if it was maybe it was last year where they were like six and two or something, and everybody's pumping their tires, and then they shit the bed, and then every single person on Twitter's like, oh. "I knew they sucked and they're terrible." They, and, they did more than shit the bed; they diarrhea all over it. Yeah, they were. I think in like February or March where they had those games where they were getting tuned up like in the first period, every game losing three, four, nothing. I think that may have been the most depressed I've ever been as a Devils fan um, in my entire life. But it was apathetic at that point. Yeah. If we talk about the present, so they just beat the Washington Capitals uh, Monday night, four to one. And uh, it it was a decent game. Uh, They should have done better I, I would say because the capitals had orlov uh trevor van reemsdijk um daniel sprung carl Haglin, and uh hathaway mike. and I, the I guy who scored to uh michael oh he's michael a rookie Sanders. yeah yeah he's easy yeah, but i think they expect him i think they expect him in the lineup yeah and, and vitek vanacek and like that's it no oshi no backstrom no ovechkin no carlson uh not even tom wilson so um but Whatever. So they're four and zero this preseason. Dawson Mercer looks awesome. Uh, I think Holtz has a good shot to make the team. Um, Jimmy Vesey looks like he's going to get a contract out of his uh, PTO. Um, if I may, since you mentioned his name, sure. Uh, Holtz. <clears throat> Mercer is getting a lot of a lot of love, right? Rightfully so. Um, he's driving the plays, doing everything you you hoped he would. 
what I've been really impressed with with Holtz, aside from his shot, which I knew was awesome, mm-hmm. is there have been at least three or four times in, in the games he's played where I thought he was about to get run over. And he, I get, I don't know if he's bigger than he is or he's stronger than he than he looks, but he is not. He is strong on the puck. He does not give the puck up, and he is not taking shit from anybody out there. And I was like, really impressed with that. I did not expect that. Yeah, and those are the kinds of things you see if you're really paying attention to the guy. And I think the reason Mercer's getting more attention right now is that he's visibly flashier. Um, right. There's good and bad about that. You know, he's got a couple instances of, of rookie mistakes. Like there was uh, a point last night where he was trying to carry the puck out of his own zone. He tried to toe drag somebody in the neutral zone and lost the puck and was a two on one for the Capitals. So, um, yeah, yeah, you you probably got a better view of that than than me on my fucking nineteen eighties television with the nineteen thirties audio. Yeah, it was, we'll talk about that. So, oh, Christ Almighty, she I, li- I literally had to turn the game off the whole second period. I didn't watch, I was getting a headache. I felt bad for the Caps fans that were trying to watch that too. They they had no you idea know, what they were in for. Um, you know what I say? You know what I say to them? What? Fuck them. <laughs> That's what I say. They won a cup in the last decade. They can eat me. Yeah, you would you would think a professional sport, though, you know, albeit preseason, would have a quality broadcast of a game. Bro, that was the most trash I've ever seen in my life. And you can blame MSG Networks, who's going to blame the Devils, and the Devils are going to blame MSG. I don't care. Figure it out. It's a home game. The Rangers, all their preseason games are broadcast. You're going to tell me that you don't have the infrastructure in place already to broadcast a game on MSG? I mean, give me a break. Oh, they do. They have all the, the cameras of are in-house. No shit. And, and this is even a step back from prior years. I mean, you remember uh, even Devil Ranger games and Devil Islander games. They used to have both broadcast teams, like, team up and, you know. So so after, at the, after Washington scored late in the second, was it the second? Mm, or the first? Late in the first. First, first yeah. No bullshit. The last 45 seconds of the period, they just literally had a still camera of the fucking Jumbotron. (laughs) And I'm like, Zaka almost scored. I'm like, what is happening? Dude, there are... I don't even know what happened. I was was complaining about this today on on Twitter. So after practice, they uploaded 20 minutes of uh, interviews with uh, McLeod and Zaka and Nazardine and Ruff. And the audio was so bad. It was so I had headphones on and, and the reporters were asking questions in my right ear and the players and coaches were talking in my left ear. It wasn't mixed. It wasn't compressed. The reporters were way too low. You got to turn the volume way up. And, and this goes back to when they started their in-house podcast um, where I couldn't listen to it because nobody cares about the levels over there. Like, bro, it was the audio was crackling. Like anytime, anytime Chico or Maddie were like raise their voice, it would sound like they were farting directly into the microphone. It was horrible. And I don't understand it because I was sitting right next to where they were broadcasting. They're in the booth that Steve and Dano broadcast every game from. The infrastructure is there. It's not like they had it was, to set it was, up from scratch. It was literally embarrassing. It was embarrassing. I'm sorry. I know that's overreacting, but like your professional hockey team. Your billion-dollar owners, you can't even put a broadcast out that is like night, like the year two thousand quality. It was horrific. Yeah, they really. I, I was watching. I, I was just, before we started. I, I watched the highlights again last night, and I, 
even the highlights were like ass. I'm like, what? Are, like, what is this? Because you couldn't even fix the audio in like post process. Because they were just using, yeah. so they're using the jumbotron feed of the game, and then just having Matt and and Chico talk over it, and they did no like post processing, no compression, no mixing, nothing. They just. Well, there was one point of the game where there was an intern in the background talking over uh, Maddie and Chico. <laughs> yeah, this is dude, this weird dude. <laughs> so that I sits forget next what he said. Them. I forget what he said, but like everyone tweeted at the same time, whatever he said, I forget what it was, but whatever he said, they were like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> like everyone at the same time. I'm like, what is going on? Yeah, this dude that's got like long hair long straight yeah hair. you were talking about his he's, luxurious hair yeah, yeah luxurious hair but he's wearing loafers with no socks um yeah. he just kids these days man I, I already hate him went to the austin matthews school of fashion um but so we mentioned chico let me talk about chico um so i've been to both uh home games so far against the rangers and uh against the capitals and sat in section nine for both and my wife and I were in the, uh, I guess they're, they're calling it like the Club Lounge West now. I don't think they have a sponsor. Um, so Friday night, I'm standing uh, on the food line. And because of the surgery I had, the only food there I could eat was this chicken piccata that they had. And all of a sudden, I will, I, not, I will not do Beavis and Butter impression right now. So don't. Um, stop clicking your mouse. I can hear it. I'm uh, <laughs> um, just kidding. But. And then behind me, I hear, what are we eating tonight? And, and I turn around, and Chico's standing right there. And I'm like, hey, man, what's up? And I was waiting for uh, for them to refresh the food. And he's like, listen, if there's only one piece of chicken left, you can have it. And, and I'm like, Chico, they're going to get more. It's okay. So we start talking on, on the line while we're waiting for the food. Give, he was giving me his opinion on, on, on the team this year. He says he's pretty excited. And... Um, that he's really confident that the team's going to be fun to watch. He wouldn't guarantee that they'll make the playoffs. But um, so then I, I go, uh, I saw him on and off. But then last night, the same exact thing happened. He came up to me. I'm standing on this line waiting now. This is chicken marsala, and we'll talk about the chicken. But um, I'm standing on line. He comes, he comes back, and he goes, hey, good to see you again. What are we eating tonight? It's <laughs> like, your own personal Chico Eats. Yeah, I'm thinking to myself, like, Chico, do you think you know me or something? Or are you just that friendly? So so we get food. And then I go to one of the high tops there. And I'm, and I'm eating with my wife. And then I hear from behind me, I'm eating with you guys. And he just plops down next to me. And he eats dinner with us. And we we're talking about real estate for 10 minutes. And, like, he does not work outside of the 20 minutes of the period. Because... He had cake with my wife after the first period last <laughs> night. Like as soon as the period's over, he gets up and runs for the food. And he so does... Chico eats was a really accurate representation of Chico. Oh, absolutely. And he does not go back to the booth with Matt Lachlan until there's like 30 seconds left in the intermission. Like no joke. <laughs> so speaking of Chico eats, though, one of the, the funny things, sadly, he had uh, coronavirus last year and. He was saying that it knocked him on his ass pretty good, and, and he lost his sense of smell and taste for a while. And as soon as he said that, I was like, that must have been pretty terrible for you. Uh, and he just started laughing. But um, so you had mentioned, you asked me before we started recording if I invited him to be on the podcast. I didn't, but I asked him if uh, 
he had gotten a call to be on Spitting Chicklets yet, and he said he hasn't. And I said, you know, you, you should uh, go on there. You're a good storyteller. Um, but uh, I have a feeling if he came on here, they, it would be like a four-hour podcast. Oh yeah, which would be which awesome. I'm okay with. I don't care. Yeah, but I'm you okay saw I, I sent you the picture that Jamie took of him. It was sort of like yeah. covert. We didn't want to ask him for a picture or like bother him about it I because get it. yeah, I get it. Not I only that, it. I felt really bad for him. Like he had food in his mouth and he's chewing, and, and people just come right up to him and like Chico, let me get a picture. And he's just and he's just so afraid to say no, like in the middle yeah. of eating. Every I used to travel. I used to travel for work for like six, seven years, and I was on planes with famous people quite a few times and i would never be like i don't know i just always felt bad like i want to bother this guy's like traveling he's like in his sweatpants like he's going like he doesn't want to be bothered like he doesn't need me to bother him about getting a picture you know i hate i i don't know i probably should in retrospect i (laughs) i sat next to um what's his name from uh god damn it what's his name now i can't think of his real name um from police academy captain harris i don't know I don't know what his name is, but I sat I sat next to him and I was like, man, I really wish I got a picture of him. Did you talk to him? Yeah, we talked like the whole play around. He was super nice, but I just wasn't like, you know, I don't want to bother people, you know. I always go back and forth on this because for the celebrity, this is an everyday occurrence for them being bothered. But for the person, like, who knows if you're ever probably not going to see this person again in a social setting. So, you know, I'm always torn. My My biggest regret was and i'm and i'm glad i did this but a couple of years ago jamie and i went to dinner at a, at a uh, little italian restaurant that we like in the village in new york and uh paul rudd sat right down next to me like was less than a foot away from me just facing the other direction and he was there with his family for i think it was his parents anniversary or his wife's parents anniversary or something and like I sat next to the dude for an hour, and all I thought was like, I just want to say hi. <laughs> want a picture? Yeah. He's with his just family. He's eating. This is the worst time. And then I figure, all right, you know what? I'm good at getting through to people on on Twitter. I'll just tweet him when we leave. And then I I pull out my phone. Dude doesn't have Twitter, and I was like, God damn it! I'm never <laughs> gonna see him again. But anyway, um, back to what we were talking about. So the Devils last night. So wait, Chico, if you're listening, please come on. I would love to have him on. He's, he's the friendliest guy in the universe. And we bought tickets again for the game Thursday against the Islanders in the same section. And I'm going to be on that food line waiting for whatever iteration of chicken they have. I want an invitation handed out on Thursday. I, actually, I was thinking of giving him my business card. So we'll start there. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I, I found it kind of wild that Friday night the Rangers had a guy, Mason Geertsen, who is gooning it up, trying to fight every single devil on the ice. And then three days later, he's in a devil's uniform playing pretty well, mind you, like back checking and, you know, and, and he wasn't trying to stir it up last night. He was hitting a little bit, but he wasn't challenging people to a fight or anything. And um, maybe he was just mad that he was on the Rangers. And now he's happy that he's not on that shit franchise. Well, I think he was in this, the situation where he's trying to make the team. He's trying to make an impression and, they, you know, his team is getting blown out, so why not try to fight somebody? But uh, I guess the Devils must have liked what they saw because they picked him up off of uh, waivers. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, <clears throat> goons don't really have a place in the NHL nowadays. But occasionally when you need it, it's nice to have a guy that you can call up and throw in there. That's a tough lifestyle. You know, I feel bad for those kinds oh, of players. no kidding. Yeah. Um, you remember Devils legends such as Andrew Peters or Eric Bolton or... 
Tom Kostopoulos, Uncle Jesse. Christoph Oluwa. See, Oluwa was back in the day where, like, these guys were, you know, there's a couple of them in each lineup. But I, I just remember when Lou was failing to adapt to the new NHL and he kept signing those guys. Like, you just, you have no job security. And, and you have to fight and you have to stick up for your teammates and you got to be overly physical and outrageous to stay in the lineup. And um, that is a tough life. But those guys are pretty. I'll give it, I'll give a shout out to uh, Jim McKenzie. Jim McKenzie, Turner Stevenson. He, uh, back after the Devils won the Cup in 2000, I went to one of their practices in 2001, and I got literally, I had like a picture with like the whole team on it. Nice. And I got the whole team to sign it with the exception of, I believe, Arnett, because he was holding out, and there was one other player. Um, Eliash signed it in the wrong spot, but McKenzie literally pulled us, took me and my friend behind the barricade and sat down with us. He was sitting with, uh, I think it was like one of the skate companies, and they were like doing a skate fitting, and he just sat there and talked with us for like 15, 20 minutes, like nothing. Oh, that's he was awesome. like the coolest dude ever. And then John Madden saw us and literally walked in the locker room and had security come take us out. I'm like, what a dick. We weren't even doing anything. We were just literally sitting there talking, and even Jim McKenzie was sitting like, really? <laughs> John Madden seemed like that kind of guy. Yeah, I was like, what a douche. Huh. But he was, he was super cool. So shout out Jim McKenzie. I used to meet all these guys like when they had team signings and and all that stuff. For some reason, I just don't care anymore. Yep. Um, It's funny. The night before we went, there was uh, Scott Gomez and I think it was Pandolfo were doing like a book signing at Barnes & Noble. And my buddy lost his car keys and Scott Gomez and Jay Pandolfo were on their hands and knees looking under cars with us trying to find my friend's car keys. (laughs) (laughs) It was awesome. Dude, I think the last signing... I've been to, I went to a couple at Sports Minded Unlimited and in Warren. Um, Miles Wood was. Hey, hey, no names, no names. They got to pay for advertising. Okay, fine. Um, <laughs> the last off-site, and I don't even think they've done these in a while, was at a restaurant in Hazlitt, and it was Dinah Zubris uh, doing oh, a man. signing. And <laughs> the weirdest thing about that was that Andre Loktianov was there, not signing anything. Like he was there. He was just there hanging out. And like after the signing, they were still there in the restaurant and got one of those gigantic wooden ships filled with sushi. <laughs> <laughs> it was so weird. But um Zubris is a guy I feel like out of nowhere is gonna sign with the devils in a coaching position, don't you think? Yeah, something like that, yeah. I can't believe how long he was on the team. It's like seven or eight years. I know. It's crazy. But uh so anyway, back to this. So anyway, this year's back team. to the ho- back to the Devils. While we were chit chatting, I found that um, tweet I was talking about about the NHL team projections. Yeah, it's evolving hockey is the Twitter account, by the way. The Metropolitan they have the Hurricanes at a hundred point four, Devils at ninety seven point three, Capitals at ninety seven point six, Penguins. 95.4 Islanders 95 Rangers 94 Flyers 93 Blue Jackets 80 and the playoff percentages were 61% for the Devils see my problem with stuff like that is if I saw multiple instances and stretches of play last night where if the Capitals had Ovechkin Oshie Backstrom Kuznetsov like the Devils would have got destroyed they did not play very well last night as a team um, so with that said, when I look through the rest of this, the other divisions, yeah, and I see Seattle at uh, ninety six points right behind um, Vegas, I immediately 
call into question this entire charge. Exactly. That's the kind of thing that's like, <laughs> wow, they think the devils are going to be good. Oh, wait. Um, yeah. I saw that. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, no, no, that, that's not happening. <laughs> no, but I think if you're thinking rationally about this, if you talk individuals, so if healthy, Nico's got 50 plus points. Jack's probably got 60 plus points. And then you can assume, if healthy and, and performing to potential, that Sharon Govich, Tatar are going to at least score 20 goals, um, possibly 30 for either of them. Uh, Zaka is supposed to be about to have a career year. Uh, Jesper Bratt could put in anywhere from 40 to 60 points if he has a good year. You've just mentioned like three guys that I want to talk about. And we'll get there. Um, yeah, I know. But... And Dawson Mercer and Holt and and Jimmy Vesey. Like, if if everyone plays to their potential, the, the Devils could legitimately be a good team. And then if you mix in, you know, Graves and, and Hamilton on the back end, which immediately is such a huge upgrade over, you know, and the extra wins that – and the Devils weren't making the playoffs no matter what last year. But think about the times Mackenzie Blackwood couldn't play and we were looking at Aaron Dell or Wedgwood – and those guys were just like shit see through. Yeah, they were letting everything in. Imagine having Jonathan Bernier playing at the top of his game as your as your secondary goalie. Like there would have been at least five to seven wins last year just from that alone. So I wasn't very impressed with Bernier in the first game, but he was really good the second game. He was awesome against the Rangers. Game against the Rangers. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so the first game I was I was like eh against the Cavs. But uh, the second game is really, really good. Well, and, and the Rangers have the same fate as as the Devils this year. Like, if you're thinking yeah. about them, you can think, okay, well, if Hedl and Kako and Lafreniere and Kratzov and, and this guy and that guy play really well and do this, they're going to be a good team. But there's so there, many. There are, two, there are two teams that everything has to really break perfectly for them to be a playoff team. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Now, I know there's a couple guys you want to talk about. Let's do Zaka last because he's your favorite. Um, yeah. I feel like you want to Nico. talk about. We'll talk about Nico. All right, let's do it. Now you know I've been a huge Nico fan, and I wanted him to be the captain, and I still think he's a leader on the ice. The way he plays, professional. We're to the point where I'm starting to see the rumblings on Twitter. Also, some people are never happy, but I'm starting to see rumblings on Twitter as well of this, where we, I think we're at the point where we need to see more. I, I know he's been injured, but I think we really need to see more offensively from Nico. I agree. Um, <clears throat> he's not giving us what I everyone expected to get out of him. If he's fully healthy, which will be the first time since his rookie season where he had, I think, 51 points. Um, if he's fully healthy, and let's remember he needs a Thomas Tatar on his wing that's ready to score 20 to 30 goals. Um, he could potentially have anywhere between 50 and 70 points, but um, I know what you mean. He's not a flashy guy. No. So If we could get 20 out of him and 30, 40 assists and him play defense the way he can play defense, I consider that a win. I'm over. It's funny that I say this because of the way I've treated Zaka. But I think we just have to get over the fact that he was the first overall pick. You, you you can't go back. Yeah, sure, there's other guys that you look back now that it would have taken. But at that time, him and Patrick were the clear, clear top two. And, and Patrick was 
was the consensus number one. And the Devils far. made the right move by a thousand miles. Right. Yeah. Correct. So you got your captain, essentially. Um, people say they gave him the captaincy too early, but like you look back in those seasons where he he's a leader on the ice. I mean, he's never going to be a rah-rah guy, and he's not going to be in the locker room giving pep talks and shit. You have other guys for that, too. That's why you have assistant captains. Well, I just feel like well, it's also going at the point forward, who else were they going to give it to? Because uh, right. Wood, you're not making Miles Wood the captain. You're not making Severson or um, you know one of the older guys on the team. So uh, you know Nico actually makes sense when you think about who his peers are and the average age of this team. Right, and he's and he signed long term, and uh, I, I I think he's I, I think he's a good player. I just feel like we need. I think this is the year we need more from him. I agree. I agree. I think he needs to step up more offensively. He can do it defensively, and I think over the next five, six years, he's going to be in the Selkie conversation as long as the team's not dog shit. Um, but if they can get, like you said, 60, 50, 60 points out of him on top of that defensive play, that's that's a home run. And 50, 60 points from a guy that <laughs> might be centering the second line because, you know, we talk about needing more from Heischer. Everyone is expecting Jack Hughes to blow up this year. So if he does what everybody thinks he's going to do, having Nico as your second line center scoring 50 plus points, you, you're where Devils fans are going to finally see what the future is going to look like and be happy about it. Right. Now, the next guy. <laughs> um, well, reading through um, uh, Amanda Stein's uh, personalities, uh, 10 takeaway personalities article they put up this morning at like 930. Yeah, I saw Shout out Amanda Stein who still has me blocked on Twitter for some reason. Please unblock me. Um, I, I like this article a lot. I, I did send you the Sharon Govich one because I know you're, you know, you have a boner for him. Love that guy. Rightfully so. Love that guy. Um, but apparently, him and Quokinen have like a uh, stepbrothers uh, relationship, which is pretty hilarious. Um, apparently, so they were split up in practice groups. So they, she said that he was missing Yanni, so he kept poking, popping his head in like when Yanni was on ice. And he said on more than one occasion, Yanni would like fire shots at him as he was standing at the glass. And she said the other day that Yegor asked him if he knew how to work the smoke machine in the player's <laughs> tunnel. She said, I don't know what his plan is. I don't know how to use it, but he mentioned something about Yanni, so I think we need to learn how to use that machine. To see exactly what's up his sleeve, which I thought was pretty funny. I love hearing this kind of stuff, and I think it's <laughs> yeah. it's it's one of the benefits of having a young team and all the guys are the same age. Because now this friendship was news to me, but otherwise you've got you know Jack and Ty Smith are good buddies, and Zaka Brat and he sure are good friends, and and like having that kind of chemistry is so important. Yep. Um. So so. There was a couple other things out of his article. One was apparently Hamilton's like a lifelong Scott Niedermeyer fan, and he sent out an SOS to get his autograph. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so that was pretty funny. Um, there was something here about Holtz, too, um, how he was talking about he was a bit of a shock when he first got to the NHL, but he's kind of finding his uh, kind of finding his footing, which sounds, you know, it's nice to hear kind of say, like, you know, yeah, I was a little bit shell shocked when I got to the NHL, but he looks like he's, you know, from the games I've seen him play, he looks like he's getting accustomed really well. He's, you know, finding finding the open spots in the ice and getting a shot off, which is what we need. And then there was Dougie Hamilton on Dawson Mercer. 
And I'm just going to read this because I thought it was pretty awesome. Um, basically, he said, right from day one, I saw a lot of potential. He's one of those guys where you can see he's going to be a really good player. I like when guys care and care about hockey and want to be good. For me, I kind of gravitate towards that and want to help them. I had guys who helped me, so I'm just trying to help him, make him feel good, and be there for him with any questions. He'll be my teammate for a long time, so it's good to start now. Man, that's great. Which I thought was was super awesome to hear. That is um, that is great. And um, uh, Dougie Hamilton was also described by I think it was Coach Ruff as being a rink rat. That he's at at the arena. It wasn't in this article, but he's at the arena all day, all night. Like all he cares about is practicing, getting better at hockey, which is pretty good. And then this will segue into my, me talking about Zaka. But she also talked about Zaka here. How um, he came into shape, uh, came into camp in the best shape of his career. Um, he's really working. He took pride in his penalty kill, and he saw his minutes drop in the PK last year. So he really worked his ass off in the offseason to kind of get back into good shape, um, so he can be a better penalty killer and all around player. Which I thought was good when you recognize you have something that's need help in, and you work on it, which is awesome. And this will take me to my Zaka point. Go for it. Now, everyone, anyone and everyone that follows me on Twitter knows that I have absolutely destroyed Zaka on Twitter since they drafted him. I didn't want them to draft him, and I remember on draft night saying, please don't draft this guy. (laughs) And as I said with Nico, it doesn't make any sense because I've killed Zaka for being picked sixth and the the better players ever picked after him. But if you look at the sheer amount of players that were picked after him, um, it's not it's not pretty, uh, but he definitely you know we've been talking about him turning the corner for years, but you you could see it last year he really, in my mind really did kind of turn the corner and start becoming more comfortable on the ice, and using his shot he's got a damn good shot and he needs to use it more and you've seen in the two the last two games, he scored at least at least the game against the Rangers was a power play goal I don't know if the one last night was yeah it was but. But on the point on the power play, using that shot, and it's it's a really good shot. Yeah, he's good in his own end. You can see he, you can really see he's starting to kind of figure it out. And I don't think we're ever going to see forty goals out of him. No. <laughs> but I re- and I wish I remember who the hell it was because I was listening to uh, satellite radio XM uh, NHL Home Ice, and they had. I think they had Fitz on, and then when he went off, when he, when they finished the conversation, they were talking about the Devils, and they were talking about Zaka. And whoever was on was was saying, like, you know, I know he's been getting killed, you know, because of where he was drafted, but I, I'm a firm believer in Zaka, and I really think he's going to be a really good NHL player, and I think this is the year he really kind of everything clicks. Um, but, you know, I think he can – I don't know where they're going to play. That's the only thing. They keep saying he's a wing, he's a center, he's a wing, he's a center – I don't really care where he plays, but if he uses his skating and he uses his size and he uses his shot, I think he can really be a good player in this team. Where we need scoring depth, I think he can be that. It seems to me like they gave up on the the center thing on on the five on five because they moved him back to a wing last night. But uh, I think you could be seeing a situation where he could be a second or third line left wing and then you know, still acting as a center on penalty kills, taking draws and everything. Um, 
But that's another. But guy. running the point on the power play too is 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 great. Well, to have a shot on that side, and then on the other yeah. side, you've got Hamilton roaming on the blue line. You got Holtz with that shot if he if he stays. Um, you know, Jesper Brad over there is very shifty. So it's going to take a while to come together. But you know, having him and that shot from the top of the circle on the left side is is a great weapon uh, to have. Yep. Um, a 20 i mean so here i am so here i am for all seven of our listeners ten. i'm willing to admit when i'm wrong I, I i think i think i may be wrong about zaka now he might prove me right <laughs> this season but i i truly do think he, he did all joking aside i do think he turned the corner towards the end of last season um and you know like we always talk about he's one of the older players on the team at this point too because he's been in the league for so you know what, five years now? Yeah, I think so. Just like his fifth season, right? Yeah. Um, so he has experience. He, he knows what to do. Um, uh, you know, I, I just think I think we're finally going to get a first-round pick out of him. I won't say he's going to be a you know, sixth overall, but I think he'll, you know, if you say, oh, he was a first-round pick and don't talk about where he was picked, I think, I, I think that's a better assessment of the kind of player he's going to be. I think it's important to do that because, you know, if you go through Wikipedia, who's got the, the summary of all the drafts, like once you get past the first round, you're not going to notice a lot of names in uh, of guys that are still playing today. And it is very hard to make it to the NHL, even if you're drafted. And it's even harder to stay there. So I'm never a stickler on where a guy's drafted, like what number. And of course, you can say that there are so many guys that you wish – uh, they drafted ahead of Zaka, but he's here and he's a mainstay on this team and he's going to turn into something. It's the same thing for people that complain about Mike McLeod being a first round pick and not, you know, I, I think everybody thinks he's a first round pick. He's a center. He's going to be a top six score 80 points. I don't care. We ha- See, but in junior, he was he wasn't a scorer in junior either. Yeah. So we've got he was a good skater and he was a guy who can set set the play up so we've got jack and, and nico as our top six centers and if mike mcleod wants to be the steady fourth line center he's going to penalty kill and he's going to throw in goals every once in a while who cares where he was drafted well you look back to the to the teams that were good he's going to be like the ryan carter of the team or like you know you know your fourth line center the, the steven gianta like that type of player that you're going to get some points out of he's going to play hard every night He's gonna. I think he was like nine for ten on faceoffs the other night. Um, win faceoffs that you need one. Do the dirty work that needs to be done, and give you so, a solid ten minutes, and maybe pitching a goal here or there. There's a lot of people who pay way too much attention to where a guy's drafted and think that they've got their entire career figured out. Because Jesper Bratt, what was he? A six rounder. And, I think so, yeah. yeah, so judging by that metric, he shouldn't be in the NHL at all, and now he's a top six forward, plays in all situations. Uh, Sharon Govich was not a high first round pick. He is already our best goal scorer, um, you know, until somebody takes over that mantle. So fucking guy just keeps scoring. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes, Brad was a six round pick. Yeah, so you can't look at where a guy's drafted and think you've got his entire career figured out. But I also think the other half of that is for people. I don't know. It's just the way the internet is. People want to have opinions and they want to be right on the internet and they're going to stick to that opinion forever. See, I'm an asshole, but at least I'm willing to admit when I'm wrong. Yeah, I mean, if Zaka puts up 50 points this year, like, 
who gives a shit that they drafted him, you know, ahead of what Ivan Provorov or something. Um, yep. Agreed. Yeah. So I'm fine with it. Uh, the only guy that – so I've been trying to put together lineups. The defense is extremely easy because, you know, there could be a little shifting around, but you've basically got Graves, Hamilton, uh, Smith, Severson, Siegenthaler, Subban. Maybe they'll switch Graves and Smith. Who knows? Right. Um, and Severson's been hurt, but I, I feel like – And Smith, too. He hasn't played a preseason I, game. Yeah, kind of out of nowhere. I think Colton White's getting a pretty – pretty long look i mean they've played him last what three games so this is something i said on a, on a message board um because also i want to bring up Kristen jaros yaros whatever uh he did not have a good first game but he was great last night and for the first time in a long time i'm not like sweating and can't sleep at night because smith and, and severson are hurt because we're not calling up dakota mermis or you know, AHL lifers to fill in for these guys because we've got size, depth, White's got skill. I mean, his pass to Tatar in the game against the Rangers the other night was fantastic. Um, he, he reminds me of, um, oh, what the fuck's his name now? Just slipped my mind. The guy that signed with Boston. Um, John Moore. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yes, John Moore. He reminds me of John Moore. I mean... In, the, in, 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 the term, in, in terms of no one really expected anything out of him and he just kind of made the team and was just kind of steady. Um, I don't think we're expecting him to be a top four defenseman, but you know, they're giving him a look, so he must be playing well. I mean, I've seen him play pretty well in the games he played. They're going to have to figure out, uh, the only spot that's up for grabs is that third pairing left, left hand spot, uh, that Siegenthaler has right now. And it's not, they can't, send Siegenthaler down to the minors. He's on a one-way contract. They'll lose him on waivers. So he's going to be on the team no matter what. It just depends on whether Fitz and, and Lindy Ruff um, want White playing every so often or playing every night as the top pairing in Utica. So Yeah, but he's not hes not exactly young. He's been down there for a while, like a couple of years. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's one of those things where you're just like, oh, you know, we want him to grow – you know, down in the you know, he's twenty four. I mean, he's well. He, so he, while well, you're looking, no, I'm just looking up his yeah. AHL. Yeah, he's he was with Bingington since 2017. So yeah, and he's been in the minors for four years. He's looked good. Uh, the forwards are a lot tougher. Um, they, you've heard a lot. I don't, of, I don't see how you could not put Mercer on this team. I really don't. So you see a lot about how they want to probably sign VZ and Jankowski, but Holtz and Mercer have played themselves into almost guaranteed spots. And and when you do that, the guys that now might not have spots on this team are VZ, Jankowski, and uh, probably my least favorite devil, Andreas Janssen. Boquist. Uh, and, and Boquist, who is probably the prospect I've been the least impressed with uh, yep. since he's made his debut. I, I'll have to say Kevin Ball has not impressed me at all this preseason either. No, he hasn't done anything outstanding. He's just a big dude. I mean, he's not making mistakes and and looking awful, but he's... Uh, Yeah, he gave up a pretty bad one yesterday. Did he? Yeah. I don't know. I honestly don't know how they're going to put Andreas Janssen on on this team. Uh, But it's like one of those things where I was, like, really excited for Kevin Ball and, like, really looking forward to him, like, kind of making that step this year. And the other guy... While we're on the subject, is Nolan Foote, who I was expecting a lot out of too, and I haven't really seen or heard much about him at all. 
I liked his game in the first game against the Capitals, but I think he's only played one since. Well, that's what I mean. Like, you know, if he was that good, like, they keep putting Mercer out there. They keep putting Holtz out there. I feel like they're not giving him the a look, a real look. It sounds like he's probably ending up back in, you know, in Utica. You're going to see him one more time just because they've got two games left, uh, Wednesday and Thursday back-to-back. And uh, so, and they're keeping they're not making any more cuts because of the back-to-back. So you're going to pretty much see everyone over the next two games. Um, so, hey, whatever. I mean, I Fitz and, uh, and Ruff have a tough job here to figure out who's making this team and, and who's not. So, and, and for the first time in a long time, this team has depth and exciting prospects. So, it's, I just feel like no matter what decision they make, I'm going to be disappointed. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they may they might end up uh, signing Jankowski and VZ to one-way contracts, and they have to get rid of Holtz right. because of the contracts. And sending Holtz and Mercer down to Utica, and I'll be like, but, but, but why? <laughs> but why? But I've seen this before. Please don't. But, don't do this to me. But, Please. But why? Um, I'm having PTSD. Yeah. So, they have the Rangers Wednesday, the Islanders Thursday. I mean, it'd be funny if they go 6-0 and in preseason, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they're probably not. They're probably going to see Panarin on Wednesday, and they're probably, being the last preseason game, going to see the Islanders' A squad on Thursday. So, we shall the see. Islanders, Islanders are fucking old, man. Yeah, I think they're... They're going for it. <laughs> they're going for it. They are going for it, but uh, the Lou gets... Like when they signed Char, what did I send to you? It was like, what's their average age now? Fucking 43? I think officially it's like 29, but that's really old in the Jesus NHL. Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's... Palmieri, Parisi, Char, I mean, they're all 30s. Andy Green. Andy Green, holy <laughs> shit. Um, yeah, uh, I think the Corey Schneider. Devil's average age is like 23 or 24 or something. I forget, but... Any other uh, devil stuff you want to talk about before we move on? No, I think that was the. Those were the main points I wanted to cover. I wanted to apologize to Pavel Zaka. <laughs> um, yeah, I, you know, I'm sure Nico's not going to hear me, but you know, I, I was all in on the Nico train. I just feel like we need more, and I really hope that they put Holtz and Mercer on this lineup, and I hope they play them together. Who do you put on and left wing on that line? Uh, oh, and by the way, it's not uh, Andreas Janssen. I think he wants to be called Johnson now. So I saw that on the Caps broadcast of the first preseason game. Uh, and I'm going to, I guess I'll wait for official word from Mr. Cangelosi before I make that vernacular change. Um, hopefully, hopefully we don't ever have to find out because he's never on the roster and they ship him out somewhere. Exactly. Um, he's one of the highest paid forwards on the team. but <laughs> Unbelievably shitty. Yeah, he, he is not uh, – I think they got him based on his potential. He scored 20 goals or, or something in, in Toronto. But, ooh, I got to go. Yeah, with Mitch Yeah, so Mitch, I think, had 93 points that year. But We don't have one of those guys. Or an, or an Austin Matthews or a John Tavares or a Willie right. Maylander. But anyway, one of the other things that we both wanted to talk about was the Robin Leonard situation in the NHL. And yes. uh, why don't you take it away on that one? So for those of you who live under a rock, over the weekend, Laner came out on Twitter. And I think this all started because he was trying to back um, Jack Eichel. And he 
I wish I could find the tweets now. For some reason, I can't find them. Um, I got it. Okay. <clears throat> so, just find these. Okay, so he basically went off on Twitter, and you know he's had mental health issues in the past, obviously. Um, but uh, so people were like, "Oh, he's off his meds," blah blah, which is just stupid. Like he he's sticking up. For his teammate, his former teammate and his friend. Um, but he basically started out with tweeting at the NHLPA. It's disappointing, all I got to say. Same with the NHL players not sticking up for each other. Remember, next time it's you. So then there was a story about Jack, Eidel, Jack Eichel's doctor. And he basically said, better to have pain for the rest of their lives. At least they will supply the pain meds. Same old shit. And then he really kind of went... <laughs> I think he may have deleted it. He had, he had tweeted something about um, Elaine Vigneault, too, about how he should be fired. And, you know, I think it was kind of two separate things, but people kind of took it just because the way the tweets were worded, um, that he was saying that Elaine Vigneault pushes drugs on his players. Um, but I think what he was really – the point he was making was the teams he's been on, and he knows that the on plane rides and stuff, the teams basically, without prescriptions – hand out Xanax and hand out um, Ambien like it's candy. And so he kind of went off, uh, off the rails a lot. And he basically put out an open challenge to the NHL and HLPA to reach out to him and uh, so they could talk and discuss what's really going on. And uh, oh, I did find the tweet. He said, uh, is it common workplace to give out Xanax to employees when they travel in Ambien. Should that not be done by doctors or psychiatrists? Asking for a friend, this doesn't happen in Vegas, to be clear, but I know many other teams. I've also been on the teams that do. Flyers, uh, Philadelphia Flyers, dinosaur coach treating people like robots, not humans. Fire these dinosaurs. Fire Vigno. First story. I got proof. Try to shake your way out of this one. And then he went back to talking about sleeping pills. Um, so apparently the NHL and NHLPA did reach out to him. Um, he had a press conference today, which I watched. It was like 13 minutes long, which he basically said, you know, it was, it was, you, you could see it was pretty tough for him to talk about with the, the mental issue, mental health issues he's had. And then he's championed for, you know, people saying that he was doing all, all the tweets and everything were for, you know, like to make himself look better and to like, oh, name names and do this and do that. And you're just trying to get publicity. And you could see if you watch the first two minutes of that press conference, you know, he was almost in tears. Like he, he didn't want he did not want this. He did not want the publicity. Um, but he does want to start the conversation, which apparently he said he's had conversations with both the NHL and NHLPA. And he said from this point forward, everything will be done behind doors. He basically needed to cry wolf or, you know, cry out to get somebody's attention and they listened and now they're going to try to work on making things better. Um, but it was, a, it was a whole, you know, I think like the first seven or eight minutes was basically a statement by him talking about everything and then the rest were kind of answering questions from people. Um, but yeah, it was a pretty, it was a tough, it was kind of tough to watch. Like he was really, didn't, didn't really, didn't look like he wanted to be in this position, but he also said, you know, if we're not going to stick up for, you know, other players and the younger players and make things better than like, what are we doing here? Like, you know, Jack Eichel's a friend. He said, I know his family. I know his father. His father's awesome. 
you know, if people aren't, we're not going to talk out and speak out for these guys. Like somebody's got to do it if, if no one else is going to do it. So that's kind of why he did it. And, uh, but uh, yeah, it was, it was interesting. Um, you know, you, there's always the assholes on Twitter that are, you know, just, you know, looking for attention or looking for somebody to, to troll and, you know, you're doing this for attention and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you know, the guy speaks out about his mental health and the issues he's had. He's pretty much an open book at this point. Um, I don't think he's doing anything for attention. I think he really genuinely is trying to help. And he said he's had positive conversations and hopefully it does something. You know, obviously we don't know what happened and, you know, the things that have happened behind the scenes. So who who really knows? But, um, you know, Dan Carcillo, who I don't generally like as a person, I think he's a douche, but uh, he was talking about Steve Montador had, he was cleared for 19 concussions in the NHL. He was cleared for four concussions in a span of 12 weeks while he played together on the Blackhawks. Um, he had that were those were his 16th, 17th, 18th, and 19th brain injury in 571 NHL games. So these are the type these are the type of things that that Robin Lehner's trying to bring up and bring light of and and get fixed, you know, for for the few for now and for future players and you know players of the past too that they get help as well. Hello? Yeah, so that was good. Uh, sorry about my mic issues. Um, yeah. So I'll got to do some creative editing. But anyway, so what I wanted to say while you were mentioning uh, Leonard and Twitter and everything was... Uh, with all due respect to him, um, and, and his mental health issues are well documented, and, and um, you know I hope he's getting the help he needs for that and everything. But he's already had to walk back a couple of statements he made. Number one, number two, singling out the Flyers like he did, um, he's not really leaving much to the imagination of of, of who his source is on that. Uh, he's got a brand new teammate that was just on the Flyers and had a lot of health issues, including head injury issues, um, talking about Nolan Patrick. So if that's legit, then Nolan Patrick's going to be getting calls and questions from people. Um, but I think the NHL was a little blindsided here because it doesn't seem like he reached out to the league. Like it's It doesn't seem like he was... This is something he's passionate about, and he reached out to, le- to the league to talk to them about it. He just went on Twitter and blew everything up. According to him in the press conference today, he said he's tried to do things behind the scenes, and no one's listening. And this was his only way that he could that he could get someone to get sit down at the table with him and discuss it. I can. I'm just telling you what he said. I know, and okay. I think there's a better. I think there's a better way to do that, and and still even go to Twitter if you want. But to bring up names and organizations like that, and he's already had to sort of walk back the, the comments he made about the Flyers. Um, I just because now you put Elaine Vigneault's name out there, the guy could be the biggest asshole in the world, and could be slipping his players' medication for all we know. I mean... From all indications are, not just not with drug stuff, but apparently he is a gigantic piece of shit. From maybe. lots of different sources he was of players. very well-liked in Vancouver. He was very well-liked with the Rangers. 
and, and was seen as a player's coach. Like, it wasn't serious enough and wasn't hard on them enough. So, I don't know. But, you know, he, he's throwing accusations out there. The thing I, I – well, and the other thing he said that, that was a little crazy is he, he told Jack Eichel to go get his surgery and sign some waiver that if he doesn't recover – then he, he gets out of his contract or something. He's not going to leave 50 plus million dollars on the table. Like that's not really the problem with the Eichel situation. So he was flying off the cuff. And, and I think the attention he got from it may have caught him off guard a little bit because, yeah. you know, uh, I think, I think in the end he did it. Um, for the right reasons, um, but it's probably one of those things where he probably should have done it differently. Um, but maybe it's also one of those things where in the end everything works out and things get done that should be done. Maybe. I mean, but now the current situation is he's included a professional organization of, you know, giving drugs to players and... Listen. Well, it sounds like there was more, more oh, than one. I'm, not, I'm sure there's more than one. Yeah, I'm just uh, talking about than... who he named. But I'm, and sure. I'm not going to... And he didn't name the Flyers for doing that, by the way. He's, yeah, he did. The, the way, no, he didn't. The way the, the way the, the way the tweets are worded, and it's, it's weird the way they're worded, but he, he named the Flyers... Um, so, so what he said was so there was one tweet about the drugs and then he all the next tweet was Philadelphia Flyers dinosaur coach treating people like robots not human fire these dinosaurs fire Vigno first story I got proof try to shake your way out of this one and then he kind of went back into talking about pills well but that's my question mention, then that's my right, question it's just a weird, so I, it feels not, like it was just like a weird like Twitter if, rampage if he's not going after the Flyers and, and Vigno for the medication then what is he trying to bring attention to? Because then he just randomly like dumps on, on a coach says he's got some sort of story and he's, he needs to be fired. If that has nothing to do with the medication, then what are you trying to do? Something happened with Nolan Patrick last season would be with the concussions and everything would be the only thing I can think of. Yeah. So, I mean, that could be the case, but I don't understand the Twitter rant. And I'm not going to be naive and say that there's no drug problem in the NHL because I'll go even one step further, and it's probably not as bad as it used to be. But, I mean, you probably have half half the guys on the ice on some nights all hopped up off of the white powder. Uh, they had a huge problem with cocaine in the NHL. Um, it still might exist, but this league, more than any other league, is good at keeping things under wraps. So oh, yeah. pain medication, sleeping medication... Um, that kind of stuff obviously needs to be prescribed by a doctor and needs to be monitored because it's way too easy to abuse that kind of shit. Um, you know, like Ambien or, or something to go to sleep. Um, if you use it to treat an underlying problem and, and you successfully do and that problem goes away, I can see why it would be easy to keep taking that pill that's helping you go to sleep at night. Um, so... Uh, yeah, and, and Gary Bettman and, and Bill Daly did say they immediately reached out to Leonard and want to talk to him about it and get the entire story. Uh, so I hope whatever it is. They well, apparently were... they did. He said they did. They said they had he had two long conversations with both of them. And he said they were productive. So was... I, I'm going to come off like an asshole, but uh, I just if I'm the Vegas Golden Knights, I'm not happy about that. 
Well, apparently his teammates have all come out and, and have his back. So Oh, I'm sure his teammates Petrangelo, do. yeah, Petrangelo. I'm sure his teammates talking do. about it today. But his coaching staff, his GMs, his his owners, the people that sign his checks, they can't be very happy with him right now. Um Yeah, no, probably not, but you know. I guess he, he thinks he's doing the right thing and he doesn't care if they like it or not. I guess. I just, uh, I'm, I don't know. I'm old school. Like, don't make yourself bigger than the team. And that's exactly what he's doing. Well, I think he was trying. I think this all started because he was really trying to defend Jack Eichel. Yeah, I, I mean, his idea for Eichel was a little ass backwards. But, um, I mean, the situation is what it is. The Buffalo Sabres are a joke. And, well, I mean, you can look at it both ways. The Sabres are not making themselves look very good. But, on the other hand, and as much as you don't want to think like this, because these are all humans with feelings, this is a business. And they have many, many million dollars invested into Jack Eichel. And I kind of understand why they don't want to give him the green light to get a surgery that no player in the history of the NHL has ever gotten because NHL contracts are guaranteed. It's not like other sports where you can terminate contracts for no reason or, um, you know, something happens, you can just cancel a contract for a guy's health or poor performance. You're getting the money in the NHL. And if they well, have... I mean, yeah, I mean, one of, the art, like, one of the articles he cited about Eichel, you know, this is something one of the doctors had to say, or I don't know if it was one of the doctors or if it was one of the um, team doctors, whatever, about the uh, disc, the fusion surgery. Um, this is one of those operations. They wake up from surgery and they want to hug you. It's extremely effective. It's extremely safe as a doctor. I've got to look at the whole picture. I don't want to see Jack Eichel because we defaulted to a surgery he did not want. Oh, you're talking about the he, disc, just, just to clarify. Right, yeah. You're talking right. about the disc replacement, not the fusion. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. That when he's 60 taking care of his grandchildren, he's had fusions up and down his spine and maybe has difficulty swallowing. It's my job to make sure that not only he performs in a safe way, but I also have to advocate for that. So Laner was like, it's better to have pain for the rest of their lives. At least they didn't, at least they will supply the pain meds, same old shit. I mean, that's what his point was, I guess. I just think that's a little naive. Like, and look, both the, both sur- the amount of podcasts that I listened to, both surgeries were explained over and over again. And the way that the disc replacement was made to sound sounds like a no-brainer. Like, you should have had this done months ago. But, um, I don't know. I, I, it sounds like Leonard was, was using this situation to kind of further an agenda that he's got. Um, and I will agree that Jack Eichel's being a little bit screwed here. But, again... Is there maybe a reason why no player in the history, again, in the history of the NHL has ever done this before? And and unfortunately, this is the CBA that the Players Association agreed to. They agreed to let the final call for injuries caused by hockey and surgeries that are subsequent to those injuries. The final call is with team doctors and the Players Association signed off on that. Yep. So this is going to be one of those things where... It's going to open a lot of eyes, and the next players or the next CBA discussion, this is going to be a hot topic. But so, but where I think the Sabers are, are wrong on this is, I think they have to realize that Eichel is wanted out for a couple of years before the surgery thing, and 
there's no situation where this is getting fixed and he's going to be happy to stay in Buffalo. I mean, they stripped him of his captaincy. It's over. Yeah. So I, I think at this point, and, and Kevin Adams is, is probably just trying to get the best trade package that he can. And, and also at the date of recording this, uh, I know that the Sabres have not released Jack's medical information to any team that's been interested in trading for him. So that's something they need to do. And I think they need to find a team who can review his medical situation and will agree to him getting this disc replacement surgery and just trade him and add something like, you know, an extra first rounder or something. And if he doesn't meet performance bonuses, the team, get, uh, the team that traded for him gets the first round back. Um, something like that. You can't, like Robin Leonard saying, put 50 plus million dollars at stake. And if you don't heal properly from surgery, you're giving up your contract and your, and your money because the precedent that that sets, like, you know, I, this right. situation with right. the Devils yeah. a couple of years ago, I remember Taylor Hall's knee, and they probably didn't want to sign him to a long-term deal because a knee surgery is a major thing. If if this was in play, what was to stop the Devils from saying, all right, you're getting $10 million a year for seven years, and then when he's got a slow start of two goals in 30 games, they're like, guess what? No more money. <laughs> you know, yeah. so this that's not going to happen. Right. So I think, like I said earlier, I think it's one of those things where he flew off the handle a bit and got a little carried away, but I think he did it in his mind for the right reason, that he was defending his friend. And, and But you're, you're right, probably has an agenda. Everybody, most people do have an agenda when they're talking about stuff. Um, but yeah, 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 I guess you're probably right. Well, here. I, and look, I'm, I know I'm coming off like an asshole. I'm really, I'm trying to half and half play devil's advocate with you because if we agreed on everything, this podcast would be over in 10 minutes. It would be pretty, pretty boring. I mean, mental health is a huge deal. Leonard's struggle has been well documented. Uh, concussions and mistreating them is a huge deal. Uh, the devil's in yeah, the I mean, look about what I just fucking talked about with Steve Montador. I mean, Montador, that's crazy. yeah, and uh, Dan Carcillo. And, and these guys, they get fucked up for the rest of their lives. And yep. once these teams are done paying them, and once your Players Association health insurance runs out, um, they don't care about you anymore. Yep. So, you know, that stuff absolutely need, and, and I think it's being addressed because of the amount of attention that's being paid to head injuries nowadays. Um but I don't know. Uh, it's it's tough, and I hope that Leonard is telling the truth. And, and the reason why I do, because I would hate to see a Twitter rant, a baseless Twitter rant, because then next time something's brought up, no one's going to believe him. So, yep. it, okay. I guess my final opinion on that is it's weird how he did it, and the structure of how he did it. But if the the issues that he brought up are completely legitimate and the NHL investigates and finds some shit out, then then good. And if it really if he did this because he's tried to to talk to people and no one will listen to him, then good. I guess that's how you have to get stuff done. But there were a couple I mean, that's what he said. That that is straight up what he said in the interview today. So I mean, I don't know the guy, but I, I guess I have to take his word for it. I have to take his that he's tried before and no one's listened. Yeah, I, I have a real tough time because again we talk about how the NHL keeps things under wraps. Uh, Akeem Alou, I don't know if you remember. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he had chimed in and said, or maybe the NHL will pretend to investigate until you go away. You know, seemingly to say that that he was never taken care of, um, that his situation yeah. was never taken care of, and then you know people are talking about the Evander Kane situation, and. Half of this is people that are just out for blood. 
you know, yep. uh, Evander Kane's ex-wife claims he doesn't take care of his kid and doesn't send the money and that he gambles on games. The NHL investigated and find out, found out that there was no evidence to that fact. And I think people were more disappointed. Like, people just want every accusation to be true. Right. Um, so uh, you never know what to believe anymore. All we go off of what's released on, on Twitter, and we, we don't get told anything. So I don't know. Yeah. It's, you know, a lot of it's, you know, like anything, you take it with kind of like a a grain of salt with Twitter because people hide behind keyboards and tweet stupid shit. But, you know, I, I, like you said, I'm just going to echo what you said. Like, I hope, I hope he's telling the truth and I hope whatever the issues are, they get fixed. But in the grand scheme of things, we're never going to know what the issues were. We're never going to know if they got fixed, you know, which is one of those things. And I was just laughing real quick because while you were talking, I got uh, an alert from the athletic on my phone uh, saying the NHL is looking into whether sharks forward Evander Kane used a fake vaccination card per sources. Oh my God. (laughs) Oh Jesus Christ. And then it was right after he was cleared of the gambling stuff. There was like a sexual assault allegation, I think, or something like that. Was it a sex assault allegation? I'm not sure. I I know something else came up. I can't keep up. There's quite a few, yeah, there's quite a few things going on with him, so I can't quite keep up. And the rumblings are from, everyone else that's oh maybe it was yeah so maybe it wasn't um i don't know now well and and there was a lot of chatter that uh his teammates were sort sort of under the table like saying that they don't want him in the locker room anymore so i don't think it was really under the table i think they were pretty i think i've seen it from multiple different places I, i don't think they were you know they might have been speaking anonymously but i don't think they were trying to hide it I mean, how do you get rid of a guy that's guaranteed $7 million a year? I mean, sure, you could I'm say sure there's... buy him out, but, I mean, the team screws yeah, I'm themselves. Sure that... Yeah, but if this fake vaccination stuff is true, you know, there's ways they can get out of those. Well, that's a felony. Con... So... <laughs> yeah, player conduct stuff, yeah. Yeah, they. I mean, they have $3 million in cap space, and mm-hmm. Evander Kane is owed... I'm uh, just looking. He is owed $7 million a year for the next one, two, three, four seasons. So I... I would bet they would be very happy to get out of that somehow. But, uh, yeah. Uh, I, yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's a tough one. I wanted There's a to, lot of moving, a lot of moving parts in that. So I don't really know. And I wanted to wrap this up. So maybe we can finish all our podcasts with some off topic stuff. And, and last week we, talked about true crime and gary uh, gary gabby potato um <laughs> but i do want to ask you uh because i know we both watched watched this what is your opinion on the many saints of newark i haven't watched it yet oh you haven't watched it yet nope all right um uh, it's one of those things where i've been meaning to watch it and everyone i talk to says meh and it's just kind of maybe i'm gonna watch it it just kind of like made me uh not so eager to watch it still watch it you know i i complain right, about, i'm gonna i complain right. about social media like i'm an old man but um everyone either says that this is the best thing ever or the worst thing ever i think it's in the middle um the actors were good the action was good um the movie itself was really good i just you come away and this isn't spoiling anything you come away wishing that this was a six-part series or a show 
you know, with like 10 episodes or something. There's just, they tried to cram way too much into two hours. Um, cram. Yeah, cram. But I still I still think it's worth you watching it. So please do. We got to discuss I will. I did watch the Squid Game. And how was that? Uh, I, you haven't watched it yet, I'm assuming? No. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed it. I didn't like the end. Uh, I feel like they had a really good concept and it was a really good show and then they were like all right how do we wrap this up and they did the uh, old uh, throw shit out of <laughs> throw shit out of a pegboard with with uh our usual thing where we do with the pegs on the board with the strings the old that's uh, kind of what they did there <laughs> the old game of thrones finish right yeah i think that's kind of what they did I, I wasn't happy with the ending but i won't spoil it for anybody but i enjoyed the show it's game, I liked it. game of thrones where when john snow is going from winterfell to to king's landing usually would take six episodes then in the last season it took like 20 minutes for him to get there yeah um, surprise <laughs> surprise here he is he, he john snow got a car but all right so i'll watch squid game you watch many saints in newark i i've been having a tough time finding shit to watch where i'm just back to binging seinfeld from start to finish again i did watch the guilty last night what is that on, uh, netflix so it was like nine o'clock no i'm sorry it was like that was when I turned the Devil's Game off because I couldn't take it anymore. So it was probably like 8 o'clock. <laughs> I was like, let me find something to watch. And uh, I was like, ooh, this is only an hour and 30 minutes. Perfect amount of time. Uh, so it's Jake Gyllenhaal, which... And he's a Diamond One operator. And I, there's a whole thing I don't want to get into. I don't want to, there's really no way for me to get into it without spoiling it, so I won't. But um, I, he's just a really good actor. I've really come to realize that he's really... Like, the movie is like... It's worth a watch. I won't say don't watch it. It's worth a watch. It's not something you can watch again because there's like a, you know, kind of the payoff. You're like, all right, well, that makes sense. Um, but it was just like, you know, you know, very unoriginal kind of thing. It was like, eh. But his acting was so good. He's so damn good. He's a good actor. Um, and then I thought about, I really want to watch Nightcrawler again. I don't know if you've ever seen that, but that movie's awesome, too. That movie too. Is, is sick. Like, it makes me... Uh, not, right, not it's him, creepy. Not him, his character. just, like, makes me hate him. Right, because he's so good. Yeah, yeah. He's such a good actor, yeah. yeah. But I, yeah, I want to see that again, because it was really creepy. He was, like, really creepy in that. All right. Um, I think I know something that we've both watched that we could talk about real quick. Clickbait? Yeah. <laughs> I think we talked about that last week. Did we? We sort of talked about it, yeah. Oh, so uh, we won't rehash it then. But yeah, that was something where like the first two episodes, I'm like, I think we could have something here. And then the ending, I was like, fuck you. Yeah, remember? <laughs> you, I was like, I liked it. And then you talked me into hating it. And I was like, you know what? Fuck oh, that that's show. right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. So any updates on uh, Gabby Petito case while we're uh, talking about nonsense? Oh, yeah, man. So I'm sorry, the Gary Gary Petito case? <laughs> Justice for Gary. Um <laughs> No, so actually, as of yesterday, there was a huge update where uh, there were some protesters that found uh, Brian Laundrie's sister, uh, her house, her and her husband's house, and they started protesting outside. And her kids were going nuts and crying and, and upset, and like they were scared to the point where she came outside with her husband and answered questions from protesters like they were reporters. Um, <laughs> and she said that uh, the... The lawyer does not represent her, threw her under the bus. She's not speaking with him. She's not speaking with her parents. And she hasn't spoke with Brian since he left that campground they all went to. And um, the biggest thing that just blew me away. Now, do you have siblings? I forget. My sister. Yeah. So if you're 
if someone asked you, did your sister kill somebody? Your answer would be, of course not. They would never do something like that. They've never, whatever. And, and the same. Mm, <laughs> I might believe it. I might believe it. <laughs> and the same thing with, with my sisters. Um, but they straight up asked her, did Brian kill Gabby? And her answer was, I don't know. <laughs> and I just think that's a wild answer. Um, because no one in that family, even the parents who have been complicit in letting him get away, never release a statement like Brian loved Gabby. He would never hurt her. Like nothing like that. Yeah, they're garbage. They are the gar- parents are garbage. They're garbage. Yeah. So uh, apparently, I saw you know on the uh, the old uh, what you call it uh, TikTok videos of somebody was in the Appalachian Trail and saw him and was talking to him or something, didn't realize it was him. Yeah, and uh, it's a really wild account because um, the guy guy said who supposedly Brian Laundrie said, like, my girlfriend needs me. I need to get to California. So, I mean, you can't be in West Virginia asking for directions to California. That doesn't make sense. But then people were saying there's like a town in West Virginia called California that's that's close to the trail. So maybe they meant that. But um, the video that surfaced on TikTok, as soon as this person who's supposedly Brian Laundrie saw the person filming with their cell phone, like turned around, put his hands in his pocket, looked away, like acted really suspicious. Um but how do you search that from Georgia all the way up to Maine is the Appalachian Trail. Right. So. Yeah. I mean, if, uh, I thought they'd find him by now, but I mean, maybe he's just kind of hiding out. Then he knows how to live off the land. So they might not, uh, might not find him for a while. And, and he was with like, uh, he was with somebody else in this video. So if it's really him, then he's got people helping him. So um, one of the things that, Somebody, I think it was like an FBI agent or somebody was talking about the autopsy. Yeah. And how they must know something because they're ruling it as a homicide. Yeah. Like, they there must be some sort of evidence, which, you know, I was saying that I don't think they're going to have any physical evidence and they're not going to be able to convict them. But there must be something. They, they probably have a shitload of stuff that, that we don't know. And they're they're keeping it secret on purpose so when they do cap, capture him and can question him, you know, an agent can say, okay, well, then at what point did you strangle her? And he'll have no idea that they know that. And, you know, they can judge by his reaction, uh, you know, to whether it's authentic or not. So um, plus if he's out there, and he really is uh, getting help from somebody, they don't want everything reported in the news because he's going to be sitting there preparing to answer these questions. Um, right. Yep. It's nuts. I, I, hope, I, you know, I hope they find him. I don't know. You still hope that he got eaten by an alligator. Oh, do I ever. But again, only if there's a talking alligator to corroborate the story that he got eaten. So I agree with you there, but with how disappointing real life society is, I feel like the alligator would take to the podium and the first question he'd be like, on the advice of counsel, I refuse to answer these questions. <laughs> I, plead <the> fifth. <laughs> I plead the fifth on the grounds that it may incriminate me. And then we'll yeah. never get the real story out of the alligator. <laughs> That's true. That is true. Um, oh, God. I think we should wrap this up. Yeah. Good luck editing the part where your mic cut out for like five minutes. Should be fun. 
Well, I mean, I don't have to do too much. You're gonna you you talk to a whole Brian Leonard story and that or Brian Leonard. Oh my God, Brian Laundry, Gary, Robin Leonard, Gary Patino. I didn't realize that Robin Leonard was like I don't even know what he is. He Canadian? I think he's Swedish. Oh, okay. He had, he had like an accent. I was like kind of thrown back by it and realized I never heard him talk before. Yeah, let's see. Robin Leonard is. Oh, Elaine Vino has denied the allegations. By the way, yeah, he's Swedish. Um. He's from Sweden. He's from Sweden. Uh, I just think of the Swedish chef. Um, <laughs> you want to do that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're going to wrap this up. Uh, Vert de Ferk. <laughs> that was one of the best commercials ever when, uh, when uh, who was a Henrik Lundqvist was in like a buffet line and he's got yelled yeah. at by the Swedish chef. Um, yeah. But anyway, Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week. Uh, probably setting up. Or maybe things. sooner. Maybe sooner. Really? If Andrew would ever not go to a Devils game, we could do like a, uh, a recap of the game afterwards. But Andrew insists on going to every game. Hold, hold on there. Hold on there, Big Shot. Hold on there, Big Shot. I got home before 10 o'clock last night, and we had agreed that we were going to record after the game. You fell asleep. Okay. I rushed home from Newark. The game ended at like 9.40, and I got home at 9.57. So don't come at me. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay. 10.01 is what, 9.59 is when you messaged me. Yeah. It's like a home I was sleeping. I'm an old man. You know, that story changes every time, uh, every time we talk about this. If I play games late, you're like, you should let me know. I don't sleep. I'm up all night. And then when I do need you for something, it's, I'm an old man. I go to sleep. Yeah, well, I'm an old man. What do you want me to tell you? I fell asleep. Like I'm telling you, I watched that movie and I fucking fell asleep. <laughs> did you have Chico talking to you in your dreams? I did not. Oh, Although I did wake up at like 3 a.m. and then stayed up for like two hours watching uh, Alice in Borderland on Netflix. What's that? I don't know, Japanese show. I don't really know how to explain it. I only watched the first episode. Are you into Asian shows now? I was After I watched the Squid Game, I was like, oh, this seems interesting. It was like... Seems similar to it. Well, if you're into that, watch The Train to Busan. Yeah, it's one of those movies I've always meant to watch and I never have. I'm recommending something I haven't seen yet, by the way, so i got to watch that too. But <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll be back Bye. Uh, some other time. All right, have a good one. Bye-bye.